This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Okay, what a day. What a day. Um, I spent all day in the stand. How did your day go, Eric? I spent half the day in the uh, the ground blind with the girlfriend today, and we saw, saw a few bucks and a few does, and... Uh, we just never got a shot at anything, but nice. that's a good spot. Nice, nice. Same spot you got yours? Same spot I got my buck. Same spot she missed one two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah it just keeps providing deer, so right on. Well, back. You'll have to give me the code for that gate so I can get in there this week and kill myself a buck. <laughs> you better get on it. Cody got one today, too. Oh, I know. You're I'm the, the last one. I'm the only one left to not kill a deer. Uh, it's heartbreaking, man. I uh, got in the stand early this morning, 7.30 a.m., 65-kilometer winds. I felt like I was on a roller coaster ride and uh, never seen a buck until 12.30. A big, mature whitetail came out 80 yards beside me. And caught my wind, and he just slowly made his way the opposite direction. I had my scope right on his ass for about two minutes, but uh, that's not a shot I'm going to take, especially not a shot I'm going to film and put on TV. So I decided to pass on that one. Um, And uh, yeah, sat till five o'clock, and not a thing came through. So not a whole lot of fun. Yeah, that makes for a long day, especially when the wind's howling in your ears. Yeah, it was bad. It calmed down quite a bit in the evening. Um, But... uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, uh, you know, I was living off of a trail mix and uh, a ham and mustard sandwich. And a podcast in your ear. <laughs> and a podcast <laughs> in my ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You betcha. Yeah, so today we got my brother, Braden Teal, with us. Um, he came to hang out and chat and talk about, uh, you know, his experience hunting and cooking and all of that sort of fun stuff. What's but, going on, uh, guys? Yeah, that's, that's the man right there. So, yeah. But anyways... Hunting snacks and food. What do you bring hunting when you go, Eric? Um, a lot of times, honestly, I just starve myself. <laughs> I'm too busy hunting to eat most of the time. I just have some water and some coffee and uh, go hard. But most of the time, you know, if I'm going to pack food, it's just going to be a sandwich. And then, uh, you know, the basic snacks. Yeah. Something quiet. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't, uh, I know some people bring a full course meal with them and, yeah. uh, you know, I trail mix and sometimes yeah. I'll bring a sandwich, but I keep it light, especially when I'm in the stand. Yeah. You don't want to make much noise. And yeah, I like to call it like pocket snacks, you know, something yeah. you just put and just munch on throughout the day. Well, yeah. that's like I, I screwed up last time when you and I were bear hunting. We were up in that tree set. <laughs> of all the things to bring, I bring a nice plastic wrapped vegetable tray complete oh, yeah. with the lid. And I'm just slowly <laughs> in the tree stand. <laughs> Bite down on a carrot. It sounds like the ground is just shaking beneath me. This stuff's so goddamn loud. I'm, I'm just starving. I'm like, I got, I just, I got to be quiet. I'm just, it, t- it takes me two minutes to eat a goddamn carrot when I'm up there. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. We're sitting in the stand uh, waiting for a bear, and I hear crunch, <laughs> and I look, and he's dipping carrots and ranch and peas, just baby. crunching away. Well, I've, I've taken guys moose hunting, and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you hear a. Ksh- crack a coke can yeah and a, and a bag of <laughs> chips and you're sitting there waiting for a moose to grunt <laughs> yeah i try and go on light and you know as quiet as possible now you know if we're doing lambalti day hunt that's a different story but these yeah, day hunts sure. when you're in a tree stand or a, a blind isn't too bad because you're a little more mm-hmm. enclosed when yeah. you're in the tree stand man it's you're you got to watch every move you make so uh yeah no but uh you know that's how a little bit of goes. jerky a little bit of trail mix and uh good to go yeah the jerky is a good treat 
you know, usually as you're sitting all day, it freezes a little bit. So you break little pieces off, put it in your mouth, and she, she thaws out a little Packing bit. Packing your lip and, a uh, little bit. Back, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it holds the flavor for a bit, and uh, yeah, you get a little bit of mileage out of them. Yep. So. <laughs> and a thermos full of coffee, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, as long as I got some coffee, I'm good to go. Yeah. It's, it's just the drive back. People, we're all just eating like two kilograms of beef jerky. Just yeah, left. Yeah, that was in that duck and goose oh. scent. Just, just spicy. Everyone's just foaming at the mouth, and we're just munching. Well, they brought down, us, man. the guides brought us bacon and eggers for lunch, so that was nice. Oh, yeah. Always handle that. Yeah, that that hit the spot when you leave the house at five thirty a.m. and come uh, eleven o'clock, something like that's looking pretty good. How'd you like that duck and goose hunt? Oh, it was a blast, man. You know, I I've basically myself have only hunted aside from going with you filming hunts and participating with you. Have I only have hunted ducks, geese, and birds? maybe a couple of squirrels here and there too, but no big game. Like that's what I'm used to. I'm used to ducks and waterfowl and all that. And so I was used to it. I enjoyed it. Man. I mean, oh, it was a blast, especially like it seems tough to get into. And so I think going on something guided where you, somewhere you, you need decoys, you need a place to hunt. You need someone who knows where they're going to be. Right. Like the first time I went out, I'm just on Google Maps looking at a, a, a blue dot somewhere, just trying to find somewhere on Crown Land that I can just march out to and just expect, you know, geese or ducks to be at. So I think for that hunt, and you said it too, like if you're ever going to do a guided hunt for that, like that was definitely the one for us to do. But yeah, it was a blast. Was yeah, awesome. well, like me and Eric were talking here on the last podcast, going on a hunt with someone with a little bit of experience, you learn so much stuff. Absolutely, so, absolutely. you know, like this guided duck and goose hunt. Oh, yeah. Now you have an idea exactly. of how to get started um, for when you do your own yeah. hunt, you know, wherever yeah. you go hunting. But, um, yeah, no, it was a ton of fun. We had a little hiccups at the start. So we left Slave Lake. Yeah. This was a special hunt to me yes. because we had Braden with us. We had my father with us. And, uh, you know, I've never done a hunt with him before. I think we might have went pheasant hunting when we were like... I might have been four and he might have been two or sure. something. Mm -hmm. Like we just, we we weren't a hunting family, right? Um, so this was super special to me that the dad was there, Braden was there. And uh, so we we travel a couple hours out to where we're meeting these uh, the outfitter. And uh, everyone gets their gear out and everything. It's pitch black. We're all ready to go. The guides want to get out there. They want to get the decoy set up, get the yeah, spread going. Ready. And uh, Wayner... Braden, my dad, left his uh, key for the gun at uh, the house two yeah, hours away. Just sitting right on the nightstand there. So I had a shotgun. Wayne was supposed to have his shotgun. And Braden was actually borrowing one from the guide. Yeah. So now we had my shotgun and the guide shotgun <laughs> for three hunters. So we had a cameraman with us. He came by and apparently he's had some experience picking locks. This guy's a jack of all uh, trades, he, man. He actually said he usually keeps a lock picking kit in his uh, in his wallet in his hunting bag, and uh, but apparently he didn't have it with him this time. So we tried picking that lock in the morning. We couldn't get it. So we got out to the field. Um, me and Wayne went together so he could use my shotgun and we switched off. Brain went with uh, 
with uh, Joel there and used his. And uh, yeah, we had some action, got some big birds down. That was a ton of fun. And then we got back to the truck and uh, we put the cameraman to work. He spent about 45 minutes trying to pick that lock and he got it. Wow. Yeah, good lunch break. He's just working away. I'm like, I'll get the sandwiches, buddy. You just keep working on that. (laughs) Get the lock off the gun. Yeah. And he got it. He got the lock. And uh, yeah, you should have, Wayne, he jumped in the air and (laughs) pulls a a fresh 20 out of his wallet. He's like, all right, you deserve this. (laughs) Yeah. This is yours. You're hired. Yeah. So yeah, jack of all trades. That that worked out really well. So yeah, so then we went and got ducks in the afternoon and we pulled up to the field and there was probably, I think the outfitter said there was three or 5,000 ducks in the air when we were there, just a swarm of black. And uh, you could hear him. So we're like, well, are we just going to where they are? Are we going somewhere else, calling them in? Or what are we doing? He said, no, we're going right where they are. So we got in there, set up, and uh, we we limited out on birds in, I think it was by 2 o'clock or 2.30. Yeah, a couple hours. And yeah, we basically were at uh, 21. And then I think you went around March in a kilometer or so. Yeah, for, and got the other one, ones. Yeah. But yeah, so we had three shotguns and we all limited out. And it yeah. was an absolute blast. So we filmed the whole thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun. So have you, you've cooked some of that duck, eh? Yes. What, how, how do you do it? What do you, how are you cooking it? So what was the first, oh, the first one I did was sort of, so I usually, I'll go online first and just get an idea of what I'm dealing with. Like, especially things that I haven't even tasted before, like duck. I, but I, I do know duck, like people eat duck. It's yeah. common. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I just pull up a quick Google search. Okay. How do you cook duck? And, um, you know, it was very similar to, it was similar to a turkey, less a chicken, but more a turkey. Okay. More of like a, a sort of roast sort of deal. So I said, all right, I'll whip up some mashed potatoes, do some stuffing as well, some vegetables and sort of made it a bit of a Thanksgiving dinner. If you will. So were you cooking the duck breasts with the skin or without right. the skin? Cause we did yes. some with. Yeah. So this one had, this one had the skin on it. I figured if I'm, you know gonna do it big let's do the the one with the skin on yeah. it, obviously right but um and they were they were all breasts i don't think i ended up like, they all were the breasts just with the skin on it like we didn't pull an entire duck apart and have the whole nine yards like a full-on roast no we I mean? didn't we just kept the breasts right. off them yeah so throw that in a pan threw some rosemary on it threw some garlic in there toss some butter in there as well salt and pepper throw it in the oven there like i said just like a turkey pulled it out and it's unreal man absolutely unreal better than turkey Honestly, yeah, because you have that thick layer of you know skin slash a bit of fat on it too, and like I I I spoke out loud. I said this is amazing. So you baked it in the oven? Yeah, yeah, baked in the oven. I'm not sure what I had it at. I don't know. Maybe like I I mean I cooked it from frozen as well, right there in the fridge. So it was like 30 minutes or so. I don't know. I had it like 350 or something like that. Yeah, cooking from frozen is almost the way to go. Sometimes well, chicken exactly. Yeah, Uh, and and you you kind of have to do that with a lot of game meat, right? Because you cut it up, throw it in your freezer, and okay, what's next? All right, let's go through this ground stuff. Okay, now I got some of these ducks. But yeah, and you're able to keep all the juices in it too, which is really nice. Yeah, we usually take ours out in the morning and leave it out, and usually the steaks are ready to cut from the roast in the evening yeah. type yeah. thing. It's still sometimes, it's actually nice when it's a little bit frozen, you can get a nice Yeah, cut. it's actually better to cut your meat. Yeah, yeah yes. Frozen. Yeah, but you know what? I've been with hunting season, and, you know, the shop just being insane, and we've started the editing for the show. Um, we haven't cooked any, I haven't done any new cooking, so mm. I haven't touched the geese or the ducks. I was going to do jerky with the geese, 
Um, I looked up some recipes for that, so I was going to smoke some jerky. Have you, Eric, tried goose jerky? I haven't. Well, I haven't made any, but uh, actually, uh, Katie's brother made some. He he did a did some goose killing here this fall, and he made a big batch of goose jerky, and uh, that's what we lived off of on our moose hunt. Is that there, right? Two eh? weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Just like you said, that we were just sitting in the truck, mouth full, oh, yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, chowing down on some goose jerky. I actually couldn't believe it was goose. I thought. I thought they said moose, and I was thinking, this is pretty good. This moose tastes like a bird, man. No, I couldn't even tell what it was. It's just just some prime jerky. So what did did it taste like to you, the jerky? Um, Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really sure. You know, everybody's jerky is a little bit different, right? But it it was really soft and tender and uh, just melted in your mouth. Nice. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too dry, anything like that, and good seasoning. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to talk to Spencer and get his recipe. Yeah, yeah. It was. He's got a yeah. yeah. He's got a few good recipes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Yeah, and the duck, I haven't, I haven't touched him yet. Once, once things calm down here, we'll experiment a little bit more and try some new, new meals and new treats and and whatnot. But uh, that was a ton of fun. I loved that hunt. We'll, yeah. I'm definitely doing it again. I want to do it next year though. Earlier, we'll do it in September when the geese are a little more active right when you hunt them in late october like we did they've already been hunted for a couple months and um you know they are skittish like anything else once they've been hunted for one week two week three week four week six week and on it just gets tougher and tougher um so uh, they said come in a little earlier and uh it's just non-stop action and those big big birds are fun to hunt Oh, You'll have to come with us. Yeah, yeah I haven't yeah, done any yeah. of that yet. I've done lots of shotgun shooting, but no bird hunting at all. So yeah, you know what? And me, like the big game hunting is just it's so time consuming yeah. and taxing, oh, even yeah. in the off season, because oh, yeah. you've got so much preparation that I never, I've never even thought of really doing a duck and goose hunt. I thought it'd be cool. I see guys do it. It looks fun, but it just wasn't on my priority list, right? Um, but, uh, after doing this hunt, it's definitely something that I want to do at least once each yeah. season, just because yeah. it is just nonstop action. When you get to stock up on that different kind of meat, right? You get that, yes. you get them birds yeah. in the freezer. Yes, for sure. And I'm super excited to make some jerky and try that out and, and get these ducks going and whatnot. So you've got a couple does though, Eric, this year. I have, yeah. You cut them up yourself or do you bring them to a butcher? Yeah, no, we, we cut them up ourselves. Usually what we do is we'll take, if we get a big buck, a big bodied buck, something like that, we'll take it. Maybe a couple deer to the uh, between the family to the butcher, but other than that, we do all our own cut, and most of it turns into hamburger. We take our roasts and our steaks and and uh, some jerky meat, and that's it. Nice, you know. Between me and you know, if I got one one person or two people helping me, just cut or just to wrap and grind up a couple hours, and you have two deer done. It's really no big deal, especially with the, the amount that you guys go out. Like oh, that's yeah. a lot of butcher yeah. fees, man. By the end of it. Oh, it's oh you couldn't. Yeah, it yeah. would be a killer. It would even, even just be worth it. Out. You might as well go buy beef. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you aren't the way I do, it's not too bad. <laughs> well, how many deer do you guys have this year? Um, a couple does, right? Yeah, we've got. Okay, yeah, Katie got two does. Um, I got a doe. I still have one doe tag left, and then I got my buckets hanging right now. I'm gonna have to cut him up in the next few days. Oh yeah, so you got a few deer. Yeah, and then my mom got a buck, and we took that one to the butcher, and uh, we got some sausage and some smoky stuff like that made out of him, and uh, and then my brother got one too. So we've got a few. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. good. Yeah, everything's already cut up. The only thing hanging right now is my buck. So nice. So is it is it a comp? Sorry, is it a complicated process? No, no, no. Is that right? No, it's not. I I mean, I probably, 
I'm a hack at it. Sure, sure, sure. But, but it gets done, right? It I, gets done I now. butcher it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it gets done. It's no problem. I hate cutting meat, man. I love yeah. it. No, I actually like it. You know, I just... Really yeah you're weird though you like skin and deer and skin and bears and stinkier the better sometimes. yeah i don't mind, <laughs> I don't mind. Like, well obviously i like it like that's what i do for a living yeah. you got to do what you got to do but when it comes to you know getting a, an elk down or a moose down or even a deer you know i get it out of the bush and the last thing i want to do is is cut those roasts off and grind up the meat. Me, like so I'm, me i'd say call to the butcher as yeah, soon as i get yeah. service hey man can i drop this off and he says yes and it's dropped off and then you get a phone call a couple of weeks down the road but with that being said if we're killing six deer five deer four deer even like you guys um you're gonna learn darn quick oh, yeah. how to uh, efficiently butcher those deer yeah like i said i do most of the cutting when it's like when i'm doing it i i'm the one that just running the knife it's easier that way it's safer that way it's quicker yeah. that way um but if somebody's grinding and somebody's wrapping it up it takes no time at all you know and you just you take the front quarters off i i always hang it just hanging upside down like it is in my garage and take the front quarters off and then work your way up from there and not much left by the time uh, an hour or two rolls by so do you do you hang purposely hang your deer for a certain amount of time? Um, yeah, it kind of depends. It, it kind of depends. I do like to age it. Yeah, definitely a few days for sure. But it depends on what the weather's doing. Just because I don't yeah. really have temperature control. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, in the early season, it can't hang too long. Nope. If it's if it's getting around zero at night, you know, you're pretty safe. And I I don't mind it when my meat gets a little bit of that crust on it. It gets that crust on it. It's pretty safe. It's not nothing's gonna get. You know, inside that crust, as long as you're not leaving it in the heat. But in the garage with the window cracked or whatever, it stays, you know, basically refrigerated. Have you done a refrigeration aging of individual roasts? I haven't. I've looked into it, but it definitely intrigues me because I've seen a lot of guys doing it now. Yeah, so I got a beer fridge, and uh, this was a couple of years ago, and I heard, I don't know where I heard it. I think it was on like Ranilla's podcast or something. And uh, so I want to try it. So they say take a roast, get uh, um, a cooling cooling tray. Yeah, like so a rack. Yeah. A rack. Yeah, yeah, a rack. Set that roast on there, put it in the fridge, let the air get to it, and leave it for yeah. a week, two weeks even. And uh, so I sort of experimented, left one for a week, left one for two weeks. And, yeah, you get a thick crust around it, but you, you shave that off, get that crust off, and uh, – it's tender it's super tender yeah. man super tender but uh yeah we got the fridge here now at the shop and the wife won't let me do that yeah. in our fridge. Yeah. <laughs> so we leave it at that and like i said leave it up to the butcher let him do his thing but uh yeah you know i'm gonna have to get on to the the whole butchering thing eventually once you start getting you know it, it, it's done. lots of fun i could always use a hand if you're bored well exactly <laughs> no but for sure right like you free, got, yeah it's free lessons right yeah, exactly. count me in yes and the last time we did one i think it was probably three or four years ago and uh and it was hell like it was my first time doing it it was hell it took like we started i think it was at like six or seven o'clock and it was 11 o'clock and we had these these roasts off and then we had to go inside and grind up what we were grinding up and it was oh, yeah. i'm like never again am i no, doing we, this but i was with people who never knew what they were doing yeah. and they were in the same boat as me yeah. Um, so we never knew how picky you're supposed to be of, you know, that silver skin and whatnot. And, uh, 
And we did a good job, but it took us a long time. Well, you know what? It's your meat, though. So it's, I mean, it's up to you how, how exactly stickler you want to be with it, right? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, you know, we did. Maybe I'll take you up on that. Yeah, we I'll did. I'll help you out one time. And we did two deer the other night, two does. One was a little bit smaller than the other, but one was a one was a, like an old, really big doe. And we started at about nine. And between Katie and I, and then my mom helped us package up a little bit, but we were done by 11 o'clock. Nice. Yeah. So two hours, two deer. Nice. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't take long at all. That's That's mostly grinding. I mean, like I cut my steaks out of my good cuts. Yeah. And then we take our, you know, our rump roast or whatever, but that's it. So do you, do you pre-cut your steaks and then wrap them in, in, uh, packages of like three, four steaks, or yep. do you just do roast and then cut that roast when you're ready to have a steak basically? Well, I'll do both. Like if we got a surplus of deer meat, I'll do the first couple of deer I get, I usually leave all the roasts. And then of course I do my steaks out of my back straps and, uh, maybe, a, uh, so you'll cut that back strap in the skate into steaks. It. And then I'll separate just because you get such, I mean, you get probably a dozen 16 mm-hmm. steaks out of a deer backstrap, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's an inch and a half thick, something like that. You'll get quite a few steaks out of it. So I do separate it into like serving sizes. And then uh, as the year progresses, I'll just kind of leave them packaged up and make sure we have some roasts and make sure we have some cut steaks. And So you're wrapping everything without uh, wax paper? Actually, we started using plastic. Are you a vacuum seal or what do you do? We started using plastic. So just, it's just, uh, you've probably seen them. They're like uh, game meat tubes. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then they just twist. You put a twist tie on them. Use that for your roasts too. Oh, yeah. Well, the the bigger ones I won't. I'll wrap in the red paper. Yeah. Yeah, but the hamburger and all my smaller steaks, stew meat, all that stuff goes in those plastic bags. It's just easier. It packs better in the freezer. You yeah. can write on it real good. and Nice. Yeah, it doesn't leak blood everywhere like the wax paper does sometimes. But Do you do, you do much in terms of like th- mixing in, say, pork fat or anything else? No, I, nev- I never have. I know um, I know this. I think kind of the standard is 10, 15, 20 percent sure. sort of right in there. People put in their hamburger, but I've never I never really uh, bothered to. Well, I'll tell you what to do next time. We're going to go on a wild boar hug, wild boar hunt in the springtime. And we're going to get a wild boar and we're going to take those trimmings and mix them with some ground white tailed deer meat. Oh, we perfect. did that last year with the deer I got. Um, we brought a, a wild boar to the butcher and he said, You want me to keep these trimmings for if you get a deer? We'll mix it in. I said, Yes, keep them. So he kept the trimmings. Um, and then, uh, we got the deer and so he mixed that in with that ground deer meat. And that is the absolute best ground deer meat, yeah. best ground meat I've ever had. Right on. You know, the, the wild boars, they've got a very unique flavor and oh, it's, it's a yeah. very good flavor. It's not like a gamey flavor, mm-hmm. whatever gamey means, but it's not, you know, it's got a very unique flavor and it is delicious and mixed in with that ground white tail. It is to die for it That's is phenomenal awesome. but the only issue is now um no one in my household wants anything else all they want is that that deer and hog he spoiled them well that's the thing we had we pulled out some ground meat from either my mule deer or amy's from the year before last and uh and no one liked it i'm like well we've been eating this for the last year <laughs> so they should why it don't you me. like it they're they like it well me. this stuff's better i'm like yeah well that stuff isn't gonna last forever we gotta eat this stuff too so uh yeah but it's good 
It's good. And those pigs are a ton of fun to hunt too. Oh, they, they are. Yeah. Mm, for sure. Boar meat is pro- that's pro- probably the best meat that I get in terms of wild game from you guys. Boar meat, 100%. Even like the, those pork knuckles and like the pork hawk <sighs> yes. that I cut. Unbelievable. Man. Which you, it's, Oh, yeah. You I, cooked the pork hawk? Yeah. Did I send you a picture of it? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Full, absolutely, man. So, and like I think it's, I'm not sure if this is a correct definition or if it's like a loose definition of what a pork hawk is because I've had the like kneecap of it, but also on the same thing that's labeled pork hawk was like the legitimate ankle and hoof on it. And so same thing with that. I just throw it in the oven, bake it, gets nice and slow roasted and yeah, it's unreal, man. Yeah, I was going to check what exactly. Um, yeah, I gave you all the pork hawks because we yep. had two hogs uh, that that year we got one in the spring and then we had one in the fall um, and we gave you the pork hawks from all of them so yeah a ham hawk or pork knuckle is the joint between the tibia and the fibula um, of the foot of a pig yeah so like the ankle yeah so there you go exactly right well I'm, I'm like I'm I threw a few of them in the oven not really looking at what they are you know season them up I think I threw some like olive oil and whatnot on them and then pulled them out, brought them to work the next day. And I'm just munching away on these things. I'm like, it's just, this meat is just falling off it. Wow. And like, you like you know what it tastes like, right? Especially when it's like slow roasted, a thick strip of fat on the top. It's just unbelievable. And I'm just eating my way through and I'm like, holy shit, I'm just eating the hoof of this pig. Like I just realized what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like picking meat off it. It's like, it's like I'm in Thailand all over again or something. Yeah. Your fingers uh, after it. Yeah. Yeah, we've gave you an assorted oh, stuff, hey? I love did it. we give you any bear? I don't think you did. Is the 2018 bear, we got two bears, and I, I think I took a couple of quarters off each, and I wrapped them myself. I actually cut and wrapped those ones myself, and I noticed I had some in the freezer still there. But you've had you've had that ram. Yeah, you ram's great. Ram, Mexican ram, ram absolutely. Yeah, I actually oh, yeah. asked you about that the other day, didn't? Yeah, I? so that was a ram from 2017. Yeah, so now that meat has been in the freezer for two years, um, and uh, you know we've had some of that ground. And sometimes you'll have meat that that doesn't freeze dry too bad after a couple of years. Um, but how was how was that after two years in the deep freeze? Well, yeah, you have to trim anything on it, or right. did you just put it right in? Right. So I pulled it out of the fridge. I'm looking at this. I'm holding this like six pound <laughs> just labeled lamb neck 20, it was, 2017 it was a big chunk of meat yeah i do a quick google search i'm like is this okay to eat but <laughs> so uh, same deal man just threw it in the oven i think I threw some jalapenos on there as well put an onion in there again roasting this stuff is just it's so easy if you're not if you don't have like go ahead you did oven or did you use slow cooker no i put it in the oven man oh i thought you told me slow cooker no okay i haven't i used to slow cook uh like elk roast and whatnot. Okay, but carry on. So, would you- uh, so yeah, throw it again, just like, I, I guess it was kind of like a slow cooker. Like I think I'll throw in like carrots, potatoes, onions, but again, I threw some jalapenos in there as well. And I'm just like, all right, let's just see what happens. You know, I got all this meat. Let's just see, see how it turns out. And yeah, it was unreal, man. But like I had had ram before from you guys, so I knew what to expect. I knew what it was going to taste like. It's kind of like, it's kind of like lamb. You know what I mean? I, well, it is. Well, exactly right. Exactly it's just right. The young one. Yeah. Exactly right. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was delicious. No, no worries about when it was frozen or when you know when you guys got it. Yeah, it turned out great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so you you've had the elk roast. So I think we gave you some elk roast. Did we give you any moose? 
I, don't, I haven't had moose. No, the moose, I don't the have any moose, moose is at the top of the deep freeze right now. That's pretty new. So we, uh, you're holding on. Yeah, to that. we hold on yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's your favorite? Like, what do you? You've had the deer. You've had mule deer, whitetail. You've had doe, buck. You've had Corsican ram, um, razorback, hog. Um, you had no bear. You said I think we gave you bear ground before. My my answer to that is hogs. Hogs, hog baby, yeah. every time. You give me that bacon, those pork chops. Oh, and it's just got like the the nice fat on these things. Like that's what that's a huge part of the flavor in them. Especially like remember we we were cooking that baker bacon. I think it was like Easter Easter time or something like that. And we just have like three pounds of just wild pig bacon with just nice black pepper on top of it, and we just like throw the. That's what I love about wild meat, and you have so much of it. Yeah. There's so much. You yeah. just throw the whole thing on the barbecue. Yeah, you and it's you like, don't have to think like, oh, no, what am I going to do with this? Bacon cost me 15 Exactly. Bucks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's how you're able to try these new things with what you make and what you eat because you're not like, oh, this is a $10 kilogram of ground beef. Like, oh, I guess I'm guess it's spaghetti again. No, you, yes. can do, you can do whatever. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, hog for sure, 100%. Yeah, for sure. You know, and the thing, the issue though with the wild boar, the razorback wild boar or the Eurasian is a lot of times they don't get big enough to get bacon on sure. them. So there's a few different places behind them where actually both of you guys, I went with Braden the first time, Eric the second time um, to a ranch and that is a free range ranch. You aren't guaranteed a hog. And in both occasions, I think we hunted for two, three days before we actually had a good opportunity and got one down. We managed to get one each time. Um, but the hog that we got last fall, um, you actually pay for the size of it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted bacon. So we got the biggest one we could get. Oh, is that right? Hey, yes. Oh, nice. Okay. On, on the hoof, I think it was 380 pounds. Oh, wow. Massive. Wow. Unreal. Huge. Like, it's I've got a photo a of it. Bears we get in. Yeah. Massive. I, we yeah, guessed really. before we weighed yeah. it. And the guy yeah. knew, like, he, he knew because he sees so many of them. And I'm like 270. And he puts it up, and it was like 370, what, 80 pounds. Yeah. I could not believe it. But yeah, so he brought it to the butcher. You know, got bacon, got, got everything. I said, butcher this like you a domestic pig. I want all the cuts, all the. Everything, yeah. But the fat on them is unbelievable. So good. We uh we actually did pork chops last night. We did pork chops from it. And uh, yeah, you gotta keep that keep that gristle and fat on there because it adds a lot of flavor to it. And uh, they are damn good. But yeah, we didn't uh we gotta do another another hog hunt. Yeah. Cause we absolutely. it was last year when we did the last. So this uh this year we didn't. So next year we'll have to do one. Yeah. Running low on hog rations. Yeah, for sure. We, we are. Yeah. You know, going into this year, we had two pigs in the deep freeze pretty much. And uh, and when we went with you, Eric, we split that hog up in four, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So that lasted a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was a smaller yeah. pig, too. It was. I think that, you know, was. that was the best uh, quarter section of ribs, though, that I've ever had. Oh, yes. I can imagine, yeah. man, for sure. Yeah, we cooked them on a campfire, too. It was unreal. Nice. What have you guys done with your ribs? Uh, so yeah, like I said, everything that we get goes to the butcher pretty yeah. much. And so he cuts them into, you know, normal sized ribs. And, uh, what do we do? We usually to toss them in the slow cooker actually is super easy. You put the ribs in the slow cooker with barbecue sauce, nothing else, no other preparation and uh, leave them in there all day. 
And uh, by the time you get home, they're done and they're good. You know what I did recently, though, in the slow cooker with the roast? So, you know, slow cookers, they have warm, low, and high. There's no in between between low and high. Mm -hmm. Well, low, when I leave a roast in there all day, it's almost too much. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to put it on warm. Let's just see what happens. I put it on warm, got home, and it was just perfect. Oh, right on. So now yeah. I know that you can actually cook something in that slow cooker on warm because I found that low, it cooked too much. You, you get Yeah, you just get like a, a, an elk soup by the end of it. It's just pieces well, it all over the place. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just you can't do it. Um, well, like it's not bad, um, but if you're leaving it in there all day, yeah. you can put it on warm and it'll cook it. So, yeah, is there, what do you do? What's your... With our ribs? Well, anything. Um, Like, what's... um, We like to make, we usually pre-make hamburgers and meatloafs and stuff like that when we're grinding our burgers. So that actually takes up a lot of the... Oh, okay. A lot of the the first couple deer anyway. So you pre-make your meatballs, your patties, you freeze them. Really? And so do you spice them then too? Oh, yeah, you do everything to them. You do everything. They're just ready for the oven or the grill, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and you just do that the first, you know, your first animal or your first two animals. And then after that, everything goes in the freezer. And then everything's ready already. Like if you kill a deer and you want to have burgers that night, well, don't worry about making burgers. Pull them out from the deer you got. You're not, yeah, you're not having to unthaw three kilograms of ground deer to try and make two patties. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't take a day to make burgers anymore. Because that's, that is our issue. Um, You know, I'm working till five o'clock, get home. Got to pick up the kid at school. Jackson's got to go to Taekwondo or gymnastics or whatever. There's something going on every night of the week, but Monday and Friday. So you're crazy busy, right? So our issue is if I don't take something out in the morning and it's not, it won't be thought out till like it won't, if you don't take it out in the morning, you got no meat for supper time. So if you forget, you're screwed. That's right. Um, So our issue is we're resorting to like quicker meals. So I will take out ground meat, but then we're always doing tacos or the same like five or six things all the time. Tacos, spaghetti, um, you know, steak. I eat a lot of steak. They get sick of it, but I eat steak all the time. I love it. Um, We do roasts, you know, and then we got the pig and whatnot. Um, But what are are your go-to? Well, are you guys eating wild game every night? Yeah, pretty well. I mean, yeah, tonight we, we had uh, tonight we had grouse fajitas. So. Nice. Yeah. So what are you doing there? Are you buying just like a regular fajita kit using yep. the the yeah, seasoning the, from there uh, with your grouse? Old El Paso, whatever yeah. generic taco or fajita kit. Yeah, and you just add your own chicken. I think one of the best ways to to get into eating wild game is to literally just replace it. Yeah, exactly. Replace what uh, something else would be. That's exactly. What I was and say, yeah. That's uh. Yeah, like I was like that whitetail burger that I made once. It was like it was a mushroom Swiss burger. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that thing was to die for, right. man. And I just pull out this uh, this whitetail meat and I get it all together. And yeah, I'll just swap that out for whatever the beef was in the recipe. That's, and this that's thing. literally what I'll do too. Yeah. Is I'll just find like a generic recipe or whatever, and just well, I'm gonna do it with bear meat, yeah. or I'm gonna do it with yeah. grouse, or I'm gonna do it with whatever what, walleye. Yeah, and a lot of people overthink it too, right? Like they say, well, how do I cook this? Right. Or what should I do with the elk? Or what should I do with this deer? And, and I said the exact same as thing, right? As long as it's, it's not an alien. slow and you cook it on low heat, yeah. you basically cannot fuck up wild game. Yeah. yeah. Like, just don't overcook it. It doesn't yeah. have to be well done unless it's bare. That's yeah. a that's a big yeah. And that's you're, you're, huge you're right for about wild that. game. If, yeah. you, if you cook, you know, you cook it like a, a fat moose steak past medium. You know, even mediums pushing it. You're, you might as well chew on your boot. Yeah. So your steaks, are you cooking them low and slow then? Oh, yeah. 
Really, eh? For sure. See, I, I uh, put them on the barbecue, crank them up, get a nice char on the outside, and I pull them off nice and quick. Yeah, but how do you like your steak? You like it, like, rare? Uh, medium rare, rare, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I like mine medium rare, rare, so it's yeah. not very long, but, uh, yeah, I still don't... Because you don't get well, that nice... Well, a little different, nice, you know, uh, it depends on how I do it. Sometimes I fry a steak, sometimes I'll throw it on the barbecue, sometimes, you know, I, I put a bunch of stuff on it, sometimes I don't, so it all depends on, on how it's done. You get that, uh, Chicago-style little charcoal on the outside, Yeah, eh? yeah that's, there you go. that's how I like it, and that's why I do it on the barbecue, because So I, it's just like a quick sear, then. It's like quick a, sear. Yeah. Like, I'll stand out there while I'm doing it. Well, then, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I just, I haven't, I haven't got great at, like, frying them in a pan on the stove well it's not it's not five star but it's uh, it reminds you me know. of like camp food it's like having a steak in camp to me you right? you, okay. you, can, you get a good like crust on it too like you crank that pan up oh, yeah. to high and you throw some olive really? oil in there and you just throw it on it's just sizzling you out gotta of do, places you gotta do it quick then you gotta stand oh yeah there. with the fire extinguisher 30 se- absolutely man <laughs> yeah. the, fire the amount of times yeah. the, the amount of times the smoke alarm goes off and, and the smoke <laughs> alarm, like oh it's whitetail season here he goes <laughs> let's it. do it <laughs> yeah you know I, I yeah i like a nice flame on my uh my steak there but uh amy cooks them on the on the stove there and she'll mix some uh some wild boar bacon in with it and whatnot and that adds a lot of flavor to oh, it that's yeah. neat too but um the slow cooker is nice for for everything you know especially if you're busy you can toss a roast in there and a little bit of spices or barbecue sauce or whatever and leave her at that but uh yeah, so uh, gross fajitas tonight, eh? Yeah, they were good. Yeah, we've actually done really well on, on chickens this year. They've just seemed to be everywhere. I shot my first one uh, last weekend. Your first one this year, yeah. Yeah, this year. I've I, yeah, probably I usually, got... I buy a tag, but I never haul the shotgun or the twenty-two with me, where last weekend we did. Amy was shooting. Uh, she had her deer tag, and then I brought uh, the 410 for gross and yeah, we seen one cooked her up that night, and it was good. It was good. good yeah, that's uh, what good I change. do too. I just throw the gun in the truck when I'm hunting with the, the girlfriend or whatever. Otherwise, I don't pack it around. Are you so using a 22 for gross? No, it's 410. I know. Yeah. I uh, when I moved here because I came from Saskatchewan six uh, oh geez 2011 I moved so eight years now. Wow, time flies. But anyways, um, you're hunting fields, and uh, you know they're usually longer shots yeah. because these birds are bedded down in the field in the snow so we i used a 12 gauge and that mm-hmm. was fine and then i came here and these girls will let you walk up to them yeah so the 12 gauge just blew them apart mm-hmm. everyone's using 22 so i got 22 and started using the 22 it wasn't bad but even the 22 if you hit them in the breast with that it's you're wrecking gone, half yeah. that meat or more yeah. um so this year i'm like let's not use a 22 let's use a 410 and that that gross breast was perfect. Yeah, yeah was, I got I got four tonight and not a single pellet in the breast. Oh, and, perfect. And even if you do get a few, I mean, you just pop them like a pimple, yeah. they come out. There yeah. was one pellet in mine, and I you couldn't tell from looking at it. I didn't notice it till I actually cut the meat off of the breast. And, uh, and yeah, there's no damage. Yeah. yeah. It's the way to go. It is the way to go, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, some guys say they use a 22 and they take the heads off. But uh, well, I used to man, shoot him with my bow. I used to shoot him with my bow. Yeah. yeah, but you wreck a lot of me with that too. Do you? No, I shoot him in the head. 
in the head. That's that's yeah. a I shot. Never, that's a shot, man. I'd never. That's how I learned. That's how I learned. That's target bumps. practice, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for real. Yeah. I wrecked a lot of arrows. Yeah. But I didn't wreck. Very so, much meat. are you using small game broadheads? Yeah. Well, they got those ones that call a thumper. Yeah. Right. They got those five springs and a thumper in the middle. Oh, the spring one. Yeah. Well, it's got it's five little wires. Yes. And, then a, and a blunt end. I know exactly yeah. what it is. So yeah. they ca- they catch the skin, turn the feathers, and yeah, there's not much. You hit them with seventy pound arrow, like seventy pound yeah. bow. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I've got similar small game runs, but they don't have the spring. They're like a fixed blade small game. And they're like three little. Yeah, I have used those too. Yeah. yeah. But they, they tend to like those wire, the ones with the wires, the chicken body will actually stop the arrow. Okay. The yeah. ones that you're talking about, I have used them, but if you get them in the neck, good, it'll just still go clean through. Oh, okay. Try and find an arrow yeah. or fix a head, something like that. But yeah. Yeah, I find those thumpers are good, but I can't shoot my bow worth shit now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get an APA, man. I got to get a new bow. That's right. Yeah, yeah let you shoot. We'll have to shoot mine one of these evenings once things calm down. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I got a new APA Mamba, and man, yeah, don't thing. let me touch it till season's end because I don't want to rub none of my bad luck off <laughs> on your fucking bow. <laughs> hey, no, I'll rub fucking bad luck on you. You'll give me good luck. That no, bow, that bow killed a moose first that's thing. That's true, man. but uh, yeah, no, it's. Yeah, I, I love it, man. The bow shoots super nice, and I want to use it later on the season here, but it's just for crunch time. I've got yes. two more days of hunting, so i got to yeah. use the rifle. But, uh, yeah, so you've been eating all this wild game meat, Bray. Have you uh, got the itch to get yourself a big game animal? Which you haven't, right? It's been... No. What have you got? Because we've t- taken you on a few hunts, but what, what have I? What have I filming. What, yeah, what have I been on hunts with you with? What hunts have you been on and what have you harvested? Okay, what have I killed? I've killed grouse, geese, a couple squirrels here and there. That's about it. Just really birds. Turkeys. Turkeys, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. You ever hit anything with your car? <laughs> <laughs> No, just a few pedestrians here and there, but uh, yeah, so really just uh, winged animals for the most part, man. But, you know, I'm I'm fortunate. I think it's it's a win-win for you and I, Brody. Um, you know, I'm able to sort of tag along with you, pick up some of the weight, get some footage done, taken care of, and I get the best part of it all, right? I'm, I know whether it's in a couple months or a couple of years. I'm going to end up with some of that meat, <laughs> but that, and, and you know, that's, that's my favorite part of it too. You know, I, I get the entire experience of it, which I can't say that it's the entire experience with that being said, because I haven't put down a big game animal. So I'm sure I, I can agree that there is something that I'm missing, you know, the, the, that, that final kill shot. But, you know, at this point I, I get every single part of it, man, every single experience. Yeah. Well, you've, you've got the bird itch. Because you're mentioning to me the other day that you want to do some grouse hunting. Absolutely. And even yeah. duck and goose hunting. <clears throat> so I'm quite confident that once we convince you to arrow a bear or shoot a bear or a deer, you're going to get that itch. I think I think bear's the next one. I think, that, I think that's what we'd be going for. And that's a good starter. For sure, 100%. Well, and <clears throat> so this this spring when you came, came down to film my hunt and you sat in that stand with yeah. me eating your cucumbers and carrots, oh, yeah. <laughs> I arrowed my bear and we were waiting for John... And a bear comes walking in and we thought it was my bear. We're like, is that my bear? But it never had a white patch. So it was a new bear. And, uh, and I asked you, I said, do you, do you want to shoot this bear? This bear is there. He's all yours if you want. And, uh, you opted not to, 
um, which was probably a good decision because we had my bear that had just ran off. Um, it went quite a ways, right? And we still had to track that bear. And if we had two bears... Our hands were full, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So that was a good move on your end. Um, but, uh, you know, I probably would have jumped on that opportunity just because I love shooting bears well they were they were you that's why you, you're you're like no no i'm fine and i look at you i'm like bears right there man are you sure and there, there were three more coming behind him by the time we got down that was wild that was wild so this bear is at the bait mine is gone dead in the bush somewhere and then john pulls up in the quad to help us this bear stands up and john sees him they lock eye to eye and then the bear leaves we climb down from the stand go and find my bear on the way, getting my bear out of the bush, there's two bears waiting for us at the bear bait. Two more sitting at the baits, yeah. <laughs> two bears sitting there. Our quads are running like 50 yards away, 60 yards so away. So we got like to rev up the quads and they finally get out and we're like, we got to get out of here because there are we are surrounded by bears. <laughs> and it was absolutely wild. And uh, Yeah. And when, when your bear first went down and you and John, I think, went to go get it or something, you're like, go grab the other quad. So... <laughs> there's me with this 24 inch shotgun with one slug it took <laughs> doing the 200 uh 200 yard hike back to the uh back to the quad just praying nothing walks out of there man i'm not ready for it and i should <laughs> mention ready. john got that giant brown color phase black bear the skull went 21 inches and wow. he shot that out of self-defense yeah, two right. days before i got mine on the same trail we left on his casing was still on the ground. So what had happened, he went into the bait to fill up the baits. He left his backpack at the quad because he was hauling bait in. There were two bears at the bait. One charged him. John climbed up the tree. The bear treed John. The bear went back to the bait. John got down, went to his quad to get his gun, got his gun, came back in, and this brown one charged him. He shot it right in the chest. Well, that'd be a shit in your pants, yeah. eh? <laughs> right in the chest. He phoned me, and he could, couldn't even talk. No. Oh, wow. Yes. And, uh, like, you could imagine the adrenaline oh, yeah. getting charged once, so you go back to get the gun. And uh, so he was hauling bait the first time, which is why he didn't have the gun. And he never knew there were bears there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's wild, man. You just never know. And then two days later, we get my bear. Yeah. And so we send the rookie with uh, one shell to go yeah. get the quads. And a slingshot. And a slingshot. Yeah, a slingshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that was a ton of fun, though. I, you know, it all adds to the story. Yeah, bear hunting's always fun. Bear hunting, bear hunting with that, that little bit of fear in the back of your head all the time, it makes it lots of fun. And they're just these big animals, man. And all of a sudden you're cruising down and then they're just running beside you or something like that. They're just, just like big massive puppies. Animals. Yeah. Yeah. They're just yeah. like big puppies. Yeah. Well, I like them just because they aren't skittish like deer, right? right? You can sit and watch them for a while. And, uh, you know, they're the, they're the alpha of the bush. Like there's, yeah. there's nothing killing them. Well, there and is. If they, if they're mature bears, if they aren't cubs, what's killing them besides hunters? Well, we got them that damn grizzly problem now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but <laughs> is a, man. is a grizzly, like a mature grizzly going to, going to see a mature black bear as prey i don't know about time. a mature one but probably yeah. an immature one I would yeah say. but those mature black bears the one we're hunting oh are, yeah i would say they are yeah they're just as equally the king yeah. of the bush yeah yeah you know once they get past that cub stage um you know there's nothing killing them and they, they just have that you know when you see a mature bear 
Um, he just acts different because he is, oh, yeah. that is his stomping grounds. That's right. He walks with a strut. He knows he's the boss. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you eat your black bears. I think we talked about yep. that in yesterday's podcast. Yep. Would do you have any, uh, specific recipes or things you do with them? Um, I do everything with them. Absolutely. Everything. Spaghetti sauce, hamburgers, steaks, everything. Absolutely everything. So Roast. the same things that you do with everything else yep. pretty much. It's yeah. just I just treat it like pork. You just make sure you cook it to the right temperature and uh and you're good to go. It it really takes on whatever whatever flavor you're cooking it with. So it's yeah. it's super easy to cook with. What would you compare like I've never had it. Obviously you have, both you guys. What would you can you compare it to anything or is it its own sort of flavor? Bear? Like, like bear, I would, things are. I would compare bear to pork, like pretty much. Really? Yeah, really? And I would so I would compare this is totally different than you though. I'm uh, not wild hog though, right? Like like sure, farm pork, pork, like white really? pork, like I would, pork. I would compare a bear roast. I usually put them in the slow cooker like I do everything else, to like a prime rib roast. Yeah, I can I can nice. agree with that. I can handle the that. roast. I could absolutely agree with that. I, uh, I always say too, bear meat is going to be the most tender, well done meat you'll ever eat, because yep. um, they are you know they're they just aren't high energy animals like deer. Right, or else. So they're not high stress yeah. meat. Um, and you got to cook it well done. So it's going to be the most tender, well done meat you'll ever eat. Do you have any of it in your fridge still? Yeah, I'll really? give you some. Sounds good to me. Yeah, this year, this year we actually made pepperoni out of all the the two quarters I took, but I do have some from last year still. Um, but uh, yeah, I usually just keep roasts with it, or or do pepperoni or jerky or smokies or something like that. Well, from the way you described it, like that makes complete oh. sense, mm-hmm. complete like total sense. Yeah, it's like I I compare a bear roast to like a, a prime rib. Yeah. Yeah, I could agree with that. I'm, and all, you know, I'm ready for that. When you cook a steak, a bear steak too, it's it's a steak. It's not like a pork chop. But it's a well wrong. done steak, and that's why I'm not. That's a huge right. Fan. But it's uh, you know, you cook it low, and it's nice and nice and tender still, and it takes on whatever flavor. You know, I I really like just like a fresh bear backstrap with some salt and pepper, and cooked it slow on the barbecue. It's fantastic. Little, for sure, little horseradish on the side. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready, man. It's ten o'clock and I'm starving. Now. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait for bear hunting. We we just left the house and there Renella on TV was bear hunting in the mountains oh, yeah. and uh you're not even done deer hunting yet not even yeah. done deer hunting and that's what that's what amy said i'm like oh i can't wait till bear season she's <laughs> like shut up it's still deer season <laughs> I'm like well geez i love bear hunting but uh yeah no that's awesome it's definitely a good start for the year like it's a good uh it's a good way to kick off hunting again after the winter yeah so i want to do like once this deer season's over, I want to film a full-on grouse hunting episode. Oh yeah, because grouse season goes till what January fifteenth. Fifteenth. So they extended that in Alberta three years ago, I think, two or three years ago. They extended it to January fifteenth. It used to end uh, same time everything else did, the end of November. Um, so that's sort of nice. So you have. You have some extra time to chase grouse because yep. this time of year, that's pretty low on the priority list. It is. So uh, I'd like to do that. I'd like to film a, a grouse episode and get some chickens. They're a little tougher as you wait later in the season, but, uh, you know, it adds to the fun. Oh, we've seen probably a dozen tonight and just in the last couple hours. 
Nice. Yeah, there's lots. There's lots out there this year. That's for and sure. And so, uh, all roughies or spruce grouse or um, sharp well, tails. Roughies where I was actually, we did see one sharp tail this morning. But uh, yeah, it's mostly rough grouse where where we are. Where I was moose hunting this fall, there was uh, there was actually a lot of of uh, spruce grouse. Yeah, and how about those spruce grouse for eating? What do you think of them? Uh, I don't mind them. They're different. A lot of people really don't like them, but uh, I think a lot of people say that they're gamey too. But like, I don't really know what that means. So I I like the uh, I like the difference in taste though. Like it's a dark meat versus the rough grouse being a white meat. Right. It is totally different. Yeah. I find like it's like if I cut the breast off a spruce, the breast off a rough grouse, um, like you wouldn't even think it was they were that was a grouse. You yeah. think is something totally different. Yeah. It's and some like people a... say it tastes sprucey. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever noticed that. But I definitely prefer the rough grouse over the spruce. Um, and some people say soaking in milk or mm-hmm. salt water and stuff like that. Actually, you soaked your duck in salt water, didn't you? Yeah, and uh, the goose as well, just to sort of kind of clean it up as well. And I guess like you consider it a salt brine, right? Mm-hmm. And that was on, that's the first time I've ever done anything like that. Because when you start talking about, you know, well, I mean, this meat was, I, was it? No, it wasn't frozen. We had just cut it up that day. So yeah, I just sort of threw it in there. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was was it overnight I did it for like 24 hours or something like that. But yeah, I just sort of googled it and um, you know just sort of asked what should I do with uh, you know wild duck or wild goose. It's like put it in salt brine, and it is what it sounds like. You know, you're just letting that that salt and the water just go in and sort of clean it all up a bit more, and I guess me and tenderize it more as well, which actually probably could have been why it turned out so well. To be completely honest, like you soak something in water and salt for 24 hours. It's going to make a difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a long time to yeah. soak it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just portioned mine up and froze it right away. But you mentioned that you did that, and uh, I read somewhere that they suggest to do that with ducks, well, so I'm sort of kicking myself wishing I would have. It's just kind of nice because now when you pull it out of there, you know it is ready to go, okay? There's no feathers. There's no nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's ready to go. Yeah, I rinsed it. Yeah. And that's about yeah. it. Do you do anything special with spruce grouse or anything? Or do you just uh, freeze them? Sometimes, uh, sometimes we do soak them in salt, just kind of in the sink for a few minutes before we freeze them. But no, I like I like meat how it how it comes mm-hmm. out of the bush. So yeah. I really don't mind. Yeah, and that's the way I sort of think too, right? Um, but uh, but you know, if you can do something a little bit different to improve that taste and the quality well, the, of the end. Uh, Result. That's that's sort of what happened to me when I first started getting meat from you and cooking it. It was I had no real idea what to do with it or what I was expecting it to taste like. And I think when I really started, I'll say like four or five years ago, you're almost. I was almost trying to cook it to get it to what I was used to things mm-hmm. meat tasting like. You know, so getting this you know deer to taste more like beef. We're trying to to cover up that deer flavor. But once you, I guess, sort of get used to it too. You know, if you give someone chicken, they've never had chicken in their entire life. They're just like, what is this? What do I do with it? But the same thing with wild game. As you start to eat it more and cook it more, you understand what you enjoy about it and what makes it what it is. And you're able to make these recipes or whatever it is where you're not hiding that flavor anymore. You're enhancing that flavor and bringing it out more. Exactly. You got to, and you almost, like you said, you got to acquire that flavor for those because they all have unique flavors. It's not like a a dull beef steak or uh, whatever else, right? Chicken or whatever from Sobeys. But uh, yeah, they're all super unique, a ton of of different flavor in it. Um, Turkey, did you cook your turkey up? 
from last year? That was a while ago, but yeah, yes, I a, did. Over a year ago yeah. now, a year and a half. That was a while back. Yeah. Like two years ago or something like that. What did I... It wasn't this spring. It was last spring. I think I had... Did we not... Oh, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I had drumsticks as well. Like I had everything. Oh, I had that whole bird. We're mounting one bird. So when you mount them, I think we still took the breast meat out of it, but you didn't get the drumsticks from that one. And then you had I think the other one, one I did that you kept. Yeah. Yeah. As you know what, actually two years ago I was pretty new into it all, into just cooking in general. And then that's sort of when I was getting started. I'm sure it turned out well, but it wasn't anything exceptional. You know, no, nothing that nothing that stuck out to me just because I was so new at it. But Right on. Well, I should mention, guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Antler Obsession, the only big game attractant and supplement designed specifically for elk, moose, and deer living in a northern climate. And I'm telling you guys right now, please go to our webpage at nontypical.org, go to our store, and use promo code PODCAST for 10% off everything, including Antler Obsession, Supplement, and Attractant. So Eric, do you guys have any, uh, you said you got some sharp tails in your area over there. Can you hunt sharp tails in that zone? Uh, I believe you can, yeah. You can. I've never, I've honestly never seen a sharp tail until it was flying. (laughs) So I have, I've never had a chance to actually take one. I would love to just to try it. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure 350, where we do a lot of hunting, they did, I think sharp tail hunting was still a go i think 10 years ago yeah eight years ago it might have been longer um, but they shut it down they shut down a bunch of zones in north central alberta for sharp tail grouse but we have been seeing more and more of them um, where we elk hunt and then also where we did the turkey and hog hunt i think that day we i was just gonna say that I, I thought so i was just gonna say didn't we go somewhere and there was just tons of them around that yeah. was when we went for that turkey and that that hog hunt and rams and everything else but uh so you guys got a few kicking around there yeah there's a few we've seen them yeah yeah actually where i where i was guiding up actually not far from where you guys were hog hunting there a few years ago there's lots up there i have seen quite a few up there yeah and i'm not too sure if that's on a few hunt them. i think you can I think they I think opened you it could back where up. Where I was moose guiding, but that's uh, it's a little bit further north than where where your hog hunt and stuff was. Oh, where your oh oh before, yes. yeah yeah I yeah see. a few years ago where I was guiding yeah there is lots up there, but uh, I'm pretty sure there is an open season there too, but we were we were never doing any bird hunting. No. Yeah. Right on, right on. Are you doing any late season grouse hunting? I will be. Yeah, I like to take the dog then. Right as soon as big game season ends, then it's good for him because. You just can't. You can't hunt big game with a dog here That's in Alberta. Right. So what, yeah. what, what, what kind of what kind of dog is it? He's uh, a Bouvier. So he's a 140 pound. He weighs hairy. more than fucking you and yeah, I do. Really damn near it. He's a good yeah. good hunter or what? Good bird dog. He's funny actually. Yeah. Um. He's not. I wouldn't call him a bird dog. Sure. But he's a fun hunter. Like I I've got him trained now to just like little sounds I make with my mouth. Yeah. So we'll be walking. As soon as he's got the gun, he knows kind of like he sees me with the shotgun. He walks behind me. Otherwise, he's out in the lead. But I can just do like a little and he'll sit. And then I give him another little, you know, little noise and he'll stay. And then I'll he'll let me get about 20 yards ahead of him on the trail as long as he can see me still. And he's still holding that, just waiting. And then he'll just, I'll just hear like his bum pick up off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts like, he gets like this cat 
I don't know if he's ever even met a cat, a house cat, <laughs> right? But he's got this total cat stance, and he just starts. And this is like, I mean, he's basically a black bear. Yeah. In yeah. like full like kitty cat stance, just trying to like belly crawl towards me. <laughs> he's a big dog. Yeah. yeah. He's a yeah. big dog. He's super smart though. He basically trained himself, and uh, yeah, no, he likes uh, he likes eating the feet and stuff like that off the chicken. He's so. on a carnivore diet, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's totally well. It's not carnivore, but it's totally raw food. So he only eats uh, he eats mostly chicken that we buy um, from the supermarket, and then he eats a lot of uh, well, he eats vegetables every week and stuff like that. Lots of organs. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. Kind of a little bit of everything. Nice. Yeah, even just. Even just like training wise, being able to take your dog out into a a space like that, yeah, and like where where you have control of them, but you're not worried like some other dog's gonna come run up and he's mm-hmm. gonna come chase now or whatever it is, whatever it is. Like that's it's so helpful for you and your dog just to like be out there and and in real time like practice sit stay. Well, it's funny because know. he is he is an absolute total idiot around the house. Like around our yard, around the places that he gets walked every day. Yeah. He's a total, like, he'll just ignore you. Like, he does not listen. You know, people think he's a bad dog. He's not bad ever, but he just, like, it's ignores. all those distractions. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. all distractions. But if I take him to somewhere, like, you know, he has to get in the truck before he can go for a walk. We're not just going out of the house. He knows. Yeah. Then he, like, he yeah. Likes, clicks in and he's in the zone. Game time. Nice. Yeah. And we, we actually took him, uh, we took him sheep scouting two years ago. When we were scouting for our sheep hunt, and uh, he was climbing mountains and up where the sheep were. I think I saw that. Wasn't there? Was there not a video on that? It was. Yeah, he was yeah. part of the episode. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Okay, right on. Yeah, that was your scouting. Oh yeah, I've seen your dog, big dog, man. Yeah, big, big dog, big dog. He was yeah. only a year old then, or something. He was. He? Yeah, he was only a year old then. He was a year in July, and we were there in June and July. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's nice having a dog if you're up in the mountains with grizzlies and everything else. Well, he the first trip he um he de-horsed a cowboy really? <laughs> one no of his way. barks and uh we were actually just sitting around camp late one night or late one morning just glassing from camp and uh there's a, a horse trail where they just do pack trips and stuff kind of along all summer long and i didn't hear nothing coming down the trail yet but he he kind of knew and he perked up and i wasn't really sure so i was just kind of watching him and he sat right in the middle of the horse trail, and then pretty soon he let out this big <laughs> And he's usually got a bit of a squeak to him, but, like, I call it a security bark. And he let this big woof go in this. I, then I can see this horse nose rear up. Front oh, leg to this no. Horse. I see a cow, white cowboy hat fly this off. Fly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. So I kind of grabbed him, tied him up, gave him to Katie. She held on to him, and then I went to check on this guy, and... He's like, no, I'm okay. He put me on in my ass, but oh I'm all right. Gosh. He had two clients behind him. Thank God the clients were in the back, right? Because they're, they're not definitely. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't handle that. Yeah. So that, that that was a good that was a good sort of uh, first. Uh, well, at least I I knew what he was gonna do if something came into camp because he never met horses before then either. Right. So I kind of was a little bit more relaxed with him on guard, and then when we went on the following trip uh, a month later. Ryan ran face to face with a black bear and Coda actually charged the bear and chased him down the river. Yeah, what did he go and take a whiz and that black bear was on the trail? Right yeah, there. Ryan actually he really? went to go, yeah, he went to go clean up a dish and, and go to the bathroom real quick before bed. And uh anytime there was four of us in the group and anytime one 
straggler would kind of go whether you go to the bathroom or go to the river get water or whatever Coda would just get up and kind of right on man stay in the middle yeah. like he just always never on a leash or anything he, he just knew always knew that that was his job and he's got hurting in his nature so that's, right yeah he's uh he's a hurting dog so that's probably mostly why he's like that so but. was it pitch black it was no, but it was you know like last light, right? Yeah, that's so like tough after to see. sunset, even so. And we're in the mountains, and we're in this steep, just steep valley. So it's getting dark quick. And Ryan, he, uh, <laughs> well, you, you know Ryan. I'm not sure if you've met Ryan, but uh, he's not the most experienced bushman necessarily. And uh, he he does know black bears, but he's never really had any mountain experience, anything like that. And. Uh, we're all, I'm sitting around with uh, Dylan, my other buddy, and, and Katie, and we're just kind of having a drink by the fire, and we hear Ryan, who, grizzly, 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 and like not not really any alarming in his voice, so we kind of didn't know what was going on, and then I heard Coda bark, and then he was gone, and Ryan came back, and he's like, there's a bear, and all this stuff, and... So Coda took off, bear, Coda the took bear off left. After, yeah. the, when, when Coda and the bear met eyes, they locked eyes, uh, the bear turned tail and yeah. ran. Wow. And it wasn't a grizzly, it was a big black bear. It's we a- actually caught it crossing the river. I whistled, I, I ran up, whistled at Coda, he'd come back, turn around, and then we could see the bear go across the river. He came back at your whistle? Yeah. Look yeah. at that, man. Yeah. That's what you got to have, man. Yeah, it's actually, I was very surprised, very impressed with him, yeah. And that's totally, he, he basically taught himself, this is the easiest dog in the world. Yeah, that's good. Just the reassurance. Yeah, I wish I could take him on an actual hunt. I wish I could train him good enough that I'd be like, hey, you know, sit, stay, we're going to go chase something now. But I know he, yeah. he'd always be creeping up behind me eventually. Yeah, doing that catwalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so what's the reason why you can't use dogs with big game? I'm not sure. I think, it, I mean, it's an advantage. Some places you can, some places you can't. Yes, like, you can some zones for cougars. For cougar, yeah, in Alberta. Bears, not when bears I, in Alberta. When I guided, or <laughs> yeah, when I worked in the Yukon, you were allowed to have a dog with you. Um, but, I mean, that was, I don't think there was any ever, ever any intention of anybody using a dog right. to chase a sheep or anything like that, right? It's always just for... You're in the bush, you're living there, you might as well have a dog around camp just to be safe. Especially stringing horses along and, and riding through the mountains, all that stuff. It's good to have a dog. But 100%, I think so. Um, yeah, I don't know why there's not maybe some more um, particular regulations about it so that you can kind of have a dog. Especially yeah, like you can't, you can't at all. You can't even use a dog to track and you're not blood I, or retrieve. It's anything. like a gray area if you can even have one in your vehicle when you're hunting. Like I don't I, know. I don't think you can. I don't think you can either. I see guys doing it all the time, but I don't take a risk whatsoever. Yeah. Just because you know, even if I killed something and the dog was in the truck, the first thing I'm going to do is open the door, and let the dog out, like without even any intention of even doing anything with the animal it's just like you're here yeah might as well right yeah yeah. i think in the terrain you guys and like the hunts that you're dealing with right right now here in the location we're at in alberta it 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 just be another thing to worry about oh it'd be it'd be a pain in the ass it wouldn't make sense to do it um yeah it's not efficient at all to do whitetail hunting or anything like that with a dog no 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 but grouse hunting's coming up grouse you know big game season's almost done so you can bring them along with you that'll be fun that's right. Are you doing any uh, grow season before it closes in January 15th? That's the goal, man. I mean, I got my tags, and that's realistically the next hunt that I'll go on for sure. I don't know. I'll have to look like 
it's it's a toss up between driving say an hour out of Edmonton or pushing through another hour and coming up here with you and Jack and you know everyone else up here where we sort of know it's a bit less you know used and I'm not really having to go out of my way to find new locations for them which you know isn't that tough on its own but at least if anything finding where I'm allowed to hunt you know, within a one-hour radius of Edmonton. Yeah, there's a few conservation sites. True, very that's, true. That's pretty much all you got yeah. around there. Um, you know, once you get past, once you get around Fawcett area, um, then you sort of get into that Crown land and uh, some of those old oil lease roads and sites with trails and stuff, and they're all littered with grouse for the most part. Yeah, it would be, man, if you made the trip up here, it'd be super easy to find some grouse, that's for sure. Yeah, well, if you come all the way up here, two and a half hours, yeah, Yeah, you're into them pretty much. But what's Fawcett from Edmonton? Fawcett's an hour from us here in Slave. Mm, yeah it's so about, about halfway a, about an hour know. and a half an hour and 15 you'd be you'd be in them for sure mm-hmm. um you know those conservation sites are nice you know we've seen a nice bull elk on one um i shot my mule deer a couple of years ago on one did you um yeah it was actually um it's sorry it's not necessarily a conservation site what it is it's it's one of those wild game provincial parks oh, okay so it's a provincial park owned by the government of Alberta that's designed specifically for hiking. Um, you can do quadding on it as long as you're on the trail and hunting. And that's a provincial park, and that's where I got the muley. But, um, yeah, you know, the conservation sites, they're nice to have. We're super lucky we have them, especially in the high-density areas like Edmonton and Calgary where, you know, there's no crown. Um, so you're lucky you have them there, but, uh, but they can be hunted pretty hard. So I usually try and avoid them. Um, but have you done any of the hunting on the conservation sites around Edmonton? Yes. Yes, I have a couple of years ago. And again, that's sort of where I would start, you know, especially just getting into hunting as well. Just like, okay, where can I go to hunt? And it's okay. Well here right off the bat is where you are allowed to. And this is what you might see there. You know, these are regulations of when you can shoot, what you can use, yada, yada, yada. Ducks Unlimited has a bunch as well. They, they if not, just as much, just as many, if not more, than what yeah. the, uh, the Alberta government has. They have that app too, eh, that yep. lists all of them. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at, I'm trying to figure out where your best bet would be for grouse without having to go too far. How far are those conservation sites from Edmonton? Well, so we went one that was east, east of Edmonton. Uh, this is a buddy of mine. He and I went about 30 minutes, not very far, 30, 45 minutes east of Edmonton, which, you know, east of Edmonton, it's more like sort of like wetland sort of area, big moose country out there. Oh, yeah, so you're ducking goose hunting then. Well, exactly. So I'm like, I told, I tell Pavlo, the Ukrainian kid to hop, <laughs> to hop in. Well, actually, I don't think I wasn't driving at the time. So I said, Hey man, you want to go, you want to go hunting? He's like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So he gets tags, does whatever. And uh, we cruise out there, and yeah, we spent about eight hours walking around, and we shot one uh, uh, spruce grouse in eight hours, and we were just beat. He's like, and the entire entire time, we're, we're exhausted, man. And then by the end of the day, or like throughout the day, it just ducks right over top of us the entire time. He's like, hey, why aren't we shooting the ducks? I said, okay, man, we'll get it. We'll, we'll, we'll get our tags <laughs> as soon as we get home. We'll go get some ducks tomorrow. <laughs> and so that's how I got that first goose is we went out the next day. You got to the same area and we got our goose, man. Yeah. 
It was a proud moment, eh, for you guys, especially when you're working that hard, whether it be a grouse or a goose, just to get one on the ground. Well, you know, he, especially when you take someone new out, you're like, man, I swear there's guys where there's grubs here. Man, that's how I felt. We, uh, so we brought um, Tim's, Tim with Old Smoke's Coffee out on a bear hunt. And it was late. It was, I think, the last week of the season, June like 8th or 9th or something. And all the action we had at those baits, it was nonstop, right? And we sat for i think we got out there at uh, 10 a.m and we were hunting till 10 p.m and we never seen a bear until like eight o'clock so it was like 10 hours and nothing and i'm like man i swear i swear there's bears here <laughs> we ended up getting one so it worked out all right um, but getting back to your grouse thing so i'm trying to figure out what's going to be your best bet for grouse living in edmonton so you're 45 minutes from some conservation sites where you know there's spruce spruce grouse well and I wouldn't exactly say it, that I know there's spruce because there was one we were there for 12 hours. But yeah, if there's one, there's plenty. What I've sort sure. of, yeah, with what I've sort of realized is if you head west to like parkland area, that's where you're going to find them. Is there a crown around there or what's that area? Like I'm not aware. I, I've seen a few. So between like Edmonton and Spruce Grove, if you go a bit past, like say between Spruce Grove and say Wobbeman, I think there's a few that are scattered around there. I think you have very good luck out there okay yeah. so that's probably your best bet then yeah and and to be completely honest once you get 45 minutes out of the city it's quiet okay mm -hmm. it's silent because yeah i was thinking if you're heading up this way your closest bet would be a little bit north of Fawcett is when you start to get into you know that vast crown land um and obviously there's lots of grouse in there but that's about an hour and a half from you so your best bet would probably be like you said, the the conservation sites or some of that crown closer to Wobbeman. Yeah. Interesting. Right on, right on. Well, what do you think, guys? Should we wrap her up? We've been, uh, holy, an hour and 12 minutes. Oh, that's there not bad. Wow, right. shooting for an hour and we went right over. <laughs> right on, right on. Okay, Eric, you want to do the honors there, bud? Yeah, so uh, this podcast is also brought to you by your, myself truly, Primal Adventures Outfitting and Guide Services. We're the next generation of professional guiding and outfitting, um, specialized in fully serviced Alberta moose hunts and fully serviced Alberta winter wolf hunts. And I also specialize in guiding for white-tailed deer, black bear, wolf, and moose. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means so much for us that you took the time, listened to it. And if you don't already, please, please, please subscribe. Um, you know, we're trying to build this thing up and uh, we need subscribers to, uh, to really do it. So thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for being a part of the nation. We will see you on the next podcast.